0: Welcome to Talking New Energy, a podcast from Delta EE, the new energy experts. We'll be talking about how the energy transition is developing across Europe, with guests who are working at the leading edge of this transition. Hello and welcome to the episode. Hot water is something that's important to every single one of us. Most of you, I guess, will have a hot water tank somewhere in your home. And in some ways, a hot water tank is a very straightforward bit of equipment, a well-insulated metal cylinder with some pipes connected to it, and maybe a direct electric heating element inside of it as well. But a number of companies are looking at bringing hot water storage into the modern age. And as heating is increasingly electrified, integrating hot water tanks with our electricity system. So to explore this, I'm joined by three guests, um, a Delta expert to tell us a bit more about the area, a manufacturer of a new type of hot water tank, and an energy company looking to integrate hot water tanks into the energy system. So let's get on and say hello. First of all, Martin Orman, Chief Commercial Officer at Mixergy. Hello, Martin.
1: Hi, John. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining. Um, Martin, uh, not all of our listeners will know of Mixergy, uh, I'm sure you want to change that. But uh, in the meantime, can you give our listeners an elevator pitch for Mixer please?
1: Yeah, sure. So we're, we're best known really for developing smart and connected hot water tanks. And this is all about enabling homeowners to, to or households to live better, to save money on their bills and also to reduce their impact on the environment. And but there's two key ways that we do this. One is through the technology that we have in the tank itself. And we, we use um, thermal stratification where we heat the tank from the top down to just heat the hot water that you need.
0: So uh, it also Martin, enables... Martin I, I think of that as charging the tank like a battery. Is that a good analogy or is that not quite right?
1: Um, well, yes, I think that is a the, – the, using a hot water tank as a battery is a good analogy. I, I think the specific point about thermal stratification – I mean, if you think about most hot water tanks are like a kettle, you, you, you put your water in, you, you, you switch it on and it heats everything. And then you pour the water you need for your cup of tea and all of the heat energy that's left inside the kettle is wasted. Now, the, a fundamental part of the mixture tank is this idea of just heating the water that you need. Uh, and, and you can regulate that by having this, this smart sensor arrangement. So that's the key bit, really, so that you're not wasting energy or wasting money every time you heat water you don't need. Yeah, so, so that, that's a key part of it that gives us those efficiencies. It's also about optimizing the use of renewables, be that solar PV, solar thermal, heat pumps. And, and then it's the smart and connected element to it through the Mixture platform, which could be about uh, giving greater control to users. And we can see the consumers that that demand to have a bit more control about uh, the appliances that they have in the house Uh, and then do some smart things with machine learning to use dynamic tariffs, to get cheap electricity in off peak periods. Um, And then finally to connect our assets onto the grid, to provide flexibility services to the grid from where we, we work with, with Centrica.
0: Great. Thanks, Martin. And to give our listeners a feel for your size, uh, when were you formed, and what sort of numbers are you selling a year today—tens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands?
1: Yeah, so we 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 started trading in Anger in, in in 2017. So we're still a, a, a pretty pretty new business. I think we're at that stage where we're, we're really scaling up um, as a company. We're based in Oxfordshire. We've got about we've got 31 people uh, working for Mixed at the moment, um, and we've got just over two and a half thousand tanks. Uh, installed um, pretty much all in the UK currently, uh, and growth-wise, we're we're looking for sort of three times growth in tanks sales uh, over this this year. That's the sort of trajectory that we're on. Getting out of the UK as well into some international markets.
0: Great, thanks, Martin. Come back to you shortly. Um, my second guest is Stavros Sakinis, Vice President of IoT Internet of Things Applications at Centrica. Hello, Stavros. Hello,
2: John. Um, So firstly, thanks for having me on the podcast today, Uh, you know, especially alongside Martin who represents, you know, a really good partner of ours and fantastic business and product at Mixergy. So, yeah, I I head up the demand response and smart energy business and capability under Centrica's consumer division. Uh, For the past kind of three years, we've been adapting our industrial commercial demand response and virtual power plant capability to work with pools of residential devices and smaller Mm -hmm. devices. And we're now kind of in the process of really scaling this business. So effectively, what we do is we connect and we intelligently steer devices such as electric heating, battery storage, EV charging, et cetera. We aggregate these devices into large pools and we monetize them through virtual power plants, through either providing services to the system operator or through reducing you know, some of the costs in, in the energy bill for customers. Uh, we effectively go to market in two ways. One is we work with partners. Such as Mixergy, so we integrate with manufacturers. Uh, so we provide a technology service and, and a trading service. And the second way is through our own cus- uh, customer propositions at Centrica. So uh, we're, we're working on some propositions that will be launching through our Hive brand in 2022. So obviously, these two businesses are quite kind of complementary as well, um, yep. but both really good opportunities.
0: Okay, and are you is your internet is your activity UK focused or international? At the moment, uh, it's within. international
2: actually. Yeah. We're, we're working with uh, around a dozen partners um, currently in the UK and Ireland, uh, Belgium and Netherlands, but we also operate virtual power plants in North America uh, and Japan. So we've got quite an international focus. Uh, our central consumer businesses are UK and Ireland, though. Um, yeah. So really, the UK and, and Europe are, are quite a good market to kind of get this off the ground, and that's our focus at the moment.
0: Okay. And I don't need to ask you when Centrica was formed because you're much older, come from the next year. But in terms of scale, similar question, Martin, can you give our listeners a feel for the scale of your residential demand response activity? Yeah, sure. So
2: we've, we've got about a dozen partners. We're, we're in, in the scale-up mode at the moment. Mixergy were actually our very first partner. Uh, we went live in uh, 2019 uh, with a pool of Mixergy tanks in uh, National Grid's dynamic firm frequency response market. Mm-hmm. um we've scaled up we've got over a thousand tanks on the platform now over a thousand tanks participating and i thought i'd drop some nice news to martin today that we've just hit the three megawatt um milestone which mm-hmm. is, is kind of really nice you know I, I remember the first tank i remember the first megawatt Then i turned around we had two and then today we have three so you know the snowball's kind of started yeah Um we're also launching as we speak kind of um in belgium with our battery and electric heating partners so kind of watch this space we're We've been working a lot in the background, but we're starting to grow, starting to scale. So some really nice progress.
0: Yeah, and I know when we've looked at the the capacity of, you know, if you could get all hot water tanks uh, uh, connected and use the electric heating element in them, Then you're talking many, many gigawatts. So the potential is vast, and it's great to hear that progress that you're making.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at um, you know, I I think grid operators are suggesting that in the UK, you know, 23 million homes by 2050 will will install low carbon heating. You know, if a quarter of those had a mixergy tank, you know, you're talking as much as 15 gigawatt of flexible capacity, right? That's that's equivalent to the, you know, offshore wind capacity of the UK. So there is huge, huge potential in this space. Um. And we've been working a while to kind of get this off the ground, but I think the time yeah. is now this market's starting to start to take yeah. shape. Yeah.
0: Okay, thanks, Stavros. So my third guest is Clara Otterson, my Delta EE colleague and expert in this area. Hello, Clara. Hi, John. So Clara, can you help uh, our listeners contextualize what we're hearing from Martin and Stavros in terms of the overall space? You know, we'll focus today on Mixages product, but is that the only product, or is there lots of
3: activity in this space? Right, so smart uh, hot water tanks is, is quite a small but emerging market, um, but we are seeing other products, products as well as uh, mixer emerging. So, for example, retrofitting smart controls to regular uh, water cylinders to make them smart, um, which is something that Eneco are doing in the Netherlands and Climate is doing in the UK and Ireland, for example.
0: Uh, and are they, uh, are they providing that balance of direct benefits to customers or benefits to the electricity system or, or both?
3: So it's actually both. Um, Eneco, for example, adjusts when hot water is electrically heated for the benefit of of its trading position in the wholesale market, and then balancing this with heating up the right amount of water at the right time for the customers. Uh, but climate are they are enabling the customer to easily see how much hot water they have in their tank and can couple that electric immersion heater with, um, sorry, to a time of time of use and um, time of use tariff. Okay. Um,
0: and beyond hot water tanks themselves, uh, other interesting things in this area of
3: hot water or thermal storage. Yeah. So, I mean, there are obviously electric storage heaters, um, night storage heaters that charge up overnight and then discharge their heat during the day. Um, And there are also more modern products with that, giving better controls and better experiences to the household. Yeah. Okay. So that's not so much new, that's an existing small but significant market of storage heaters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But then we're also seeing uh, other types of thermal storage products coming to market, including heat batteries that use phase change materials and thermal storage boilers. Um, and the characteristics that they share is enabling that time, yes. the time of heat production to be shifted from the time that the heat is needed and thereby reducing the peak loads on the electricity system. Um, okay. But then there's also obviously the, like using the thermal inertia of buildings and other non-household forms of thermal storage. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a,
0: yeah, quite a, a wide area. Um, and I think an emerging area as we've heard so far from Martin Astavros. So, let's... Thanks, Clara. That's really great context. Let's get back to uh, Mixegy and uh, Stavros, what you're doing uh, from Coast perspective. So, I think of topics like this as a... I'm not sure it's the right phrase, but a two-sided business model. So, on one hand, there's direct benefit to customers, like knowing how much water you've got in the tank uh, or heating my hot water when the my electricity tariff is cheap, if I'm on a dynamic tariff. And the other side, then, is the services to the electricity system. Um, and the value of that, of course, can be shared from customers as well. Martin, can I, can I ask you to just tell us a bit about how are you going to market and how you communicate those benefits to customers from from your product?
1: Yeah, sure. so we've, we've got I mean I think one of our biggest challenges is how uh, it, is that there's a number of market segments that we can that we can go after, and, and, it's, and it's a small business we're hungry for that business, we're hungry for growth, but've we've, we've got to try and keep a focus at the same time uh, to make sure that we're not spreading ourselves too thinly but I mean so we, we sell through British gas which is which is really important and so mixture tanks are being installed uh, for homeowners who are typically when well that having a new boiler installation uh, and they can include a, a mixture tank with that um, a really fast-growing area at the moment is with new build housing uh, and this is connect this is for new build housing providers with any with clean techn- technology renewable technology it's often about um, compliance with building regulations um, and, and lowest cost compliance. And there's a really good opportunity there because we are recognised in SAP, which is the UK building regulations uh, tool, and we're listed under Appendix Q uh, for benefits that we bring in lowering carbon and, and lowering running costs when you combine a mixture tank with solar PV. So because of that, we provide this this solution now, uh, having gone through quite a bit of testing with. Um, Building Research Establishment, BRE in the UK, uh, to provide this easier and cost-effective way for, for house builders to get compliance um, so on the new properties.
0: That housing, that's a channel to the housing developers. Um, the British Gas one, I guess, is a channel direct to customers through British Gas. That's now, right. most customers won't know anything about their hot water tank other than they've got one, I guess. So, uh, do you have to rely on, do you think when you look at selling to households like, like mine, you need to rely on installers to specify your product or can you communicate the benefit or can someone communicate that benefit directly to, to households, to, to people like me?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think the installers are really, really important part of this. And I think that's the same with, with, with across the, the heating industry. Uh, and the role that they play in in, in, in specifying product and we've got a network of aside from british gas we've got a network of, of, of it's about 180 installers at the moment who are spread across the, the country of different shapes and sizes uh, who are um offering selling and installing uh, uh mixture products to to, to homeowners uh, and often they're the ones who are pushing it those proactive installers perhaps it's those 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 guys and girls who are installing heat pumps and other renewable technologies, who are promoting mix G, and then you've got the homeowners themselves. And we we also sell directly to homeowners who come to mix G. Maybe they've seen us on on sites like Fully Charged, or they're just aware of what we're doing in the market, and are really excited about about the technology. And, and it's typically those early adopters who've they're on this journey where maybe they've got the PV, they've got the electric vehicle. Maybe they're going to get a heat pump and the Mixture Tank is a sort of another part of that that journey that they're on to to that nirvana of net zero. So
0: I see what you mean about the different routes and different options uh, and the challenge of focusing. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think in the next years, what routes do you think will be most important to you out of the house builder, the installer, the direct customer?
1: yeah i i think it's really important you know as a as a small business we can be really disruptive in a market that's really traditional because you know or most of the hot water tanks are sold through merchants and, and and that's the way that they've always been sold and we can you know because we're small we're flexible we don't have any sort of baggage really in terms of trading partners um, we can be a bit more disruptive in the approach that we have, and, and we like that. But at the same time, we, we, we've got to scale, we've got to grow up as a business. Yeah. And, uh, and and it is about making sure that we can get our product to market in the most effective way. So as we grow our installers, we need to make sure we've got a supply chain that can that can support that. Um, yeah. and, and that's where you get the, the, the value from, from those players in the market. Um, whether they be house builders who are buying or uh, maybe social housing contractors who are part of a, a funded retrofit scheme or installers who are installing for private homeowners. So it's, it's evolving all the time.
0: What, what's the sort of price comparison or premium on a hot standard hot water tank?
1: Well, it, 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 a rubbish answer, but it really depends because you can get a really cheap, cheerful, uh, dumb hot, uh, hot yeah. water tank uh, for a, a few hundred pounds and then you can go up to a premium tank uh, like a mixture or, or others which might cost uh, uh, 1500 pounds but it, it depends on the heat source it depends how you're using it and, and, yeah. and the functionality that's there whether it's unvented vented uh, direct or indirect and in how it's heated and um, but th- th- there is a premium with with a mixture tank for sure because yeah. it's smart and connected because it has a computer that sits on it and a whole bunch of other technology that adds that value that
0: gives them return yeah okay thanks martin um stavros let, let's look a little bit more at how then how you as centrica work with all these tanks and this three megawatts of uh capacity that you've got connected up yeah sure. talk our listener through what actually what you do with that uh, what how do you network them where do you use that flexibility how do you monetize that
2: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you made the point on um, a two-sided business model. You probably heard from Martin there, it's a bit more complex than that. I think um, from a demand response point of view, um, yeah, it can be more complex and, and you've got a multiple value sources and stakeholders so you know you've got the device you've got the customer you've got the energy market you've got the 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 grid operator there's a number of parties so from a business model perspective we kind of think of it a bit more like a hub and spoke you've got the the customer and the device at the center the device ultimately has to do its day job you know it can't be doing flexibility all the time we can't disrupt the customer's lifestyle we try and you know optimize these devices with minimal to negligible impact on on the device's day job. So that's really the focus for us is making sure you protect the customer and the device and you do this in a way that the customer can trust you. And then from a a, a spoke perspective, you've got all these value pools. Now, we had always designed our technology and capability to be quite agnostic to value pools, so to participate in whatever services that are open to that particular device with the particular specifications on the, the services to the grid operator. But we had always developed um, w- with an eye to the, the energy bill and being an energy supplier with British Gas Centrica, you know, there's, um, if we have automation uh, and optimization of these devices, we can actually reduce bills for customers as well. So we always designed to be quite uh, holistic in, in the value optimization. Um, and that's the end goal is really to optimize the home, the device and the bills For customers to really maximize the value of the device for the customer who owns it, the energy system as well.
0: So using that example of the tariff, you're networking the hot water tank, the mixage hot water tanks, let's Mm. say you're selling that to the system operator and Mm. generating some revenue from that. Then that revenue could be shared back with the customer through the tariff in some way.
2: Indeed, as I said um, at the beginning, we've got two business models. One is through our partners, such as yep. Mixergy, uh, where we provide a technology integration and we generate some revenue from the grid operator, and we share that with our partner. Yep. And it's really our partner that fronts that um, that benefit to the customer. Um, so,
0: oh, just on on that one, then Martin, how would you how would so, Mixergy provide that benefit to the customer? Or you know, I it's a, it's an area that I'm sure will become very big but it's new business models, new revenue flows. So how do you think, Martin, about the, that flow of money back to the customer from that flexibility value?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's really exciting. Um, and uh, you know, I, I agree, there's, there's massive potential there. Um, and, and, and as it stands at the moment, the, the involvement and the impact on the customers is, is, is minimal. I mean, the, the way it works essentially um, Centrica pay Mixergy for, for what we what we provide, uh, and because of the the the, the size of the, 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 you know whilst we've got three megawatts, which is which is tremendous, great news today. Um, that, that's that's still small, and so the return that we get from that is, is really not not significant at this stage. And that's where we need it to scale, and that's where it becomes more more significant. Uh, and and as it does develop, and as it does scale, then we can really see some exciting business opportunities through there that we can offer something back to the customers. So yes. it becomes more than just more than just supplying, selling someone a tank, and and, and providing them a, a, a smart and connected services. But there's other business models that that we can develop alongside, um, you know, organisations like Centrica.
0: Yeah. Okay. It sounds like that will take a bit of time you don't want you don't need to have all of those business models in place today with three megawatts but over time as you grow those amounts of money will become more significant and you can evolve and experiment and explore different ways yeah that customers.
1: It's, it's i think it's you know it, it's an emerging story not, not least for us as we're growing our our, 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 our network of tanks that are, that are deployed but also it's it, the value of the energy service revenue streams is a is a moving story and it will be interesting to see where we can fit into that and where mixture tanks deployed in different markets again where there's different opportunities there it will be interesting to see how that develops and what business models that that will spin out of it again in a market by market approach
0: yeah Stavros, i interrupted you there you were going to talk yeah, about yeah, the tariff yeah. i think as well let's get back to the, the second one. Yeah, of course benefit? Of so, uh,
2: as I said, we always design this to be able to stack as much uh, different sources of value on top, which ultimately benefits the end customer. And we just kind of talked about uh, for, from the grid operator, but obviously now with um, you know smart meters having been deployed out throughout the UK and the ability to to deploy smarter tariffs, really, and de- to design smarter tariffs, and um, when you combine. That kind of smart tariff with device automation, you can actually um, you know, reduce the costs in the background to supply mm-hmm. the customer. Yeah. So ultimately, it's a virtual power plant. You can get it to behave as a traditional bricks and mortar power plant and access the same values. So I think that's where this um, space is going to become really exciting when you start combining the smart tariffs with the smart device with a great consumer proposition, a great customer experience, and you can start really returning that value to the customer and and reducing bills, really. I mean, there's some innovative things you can do with value. You can discount appliances, you can give rewards, you can give cash back. There's all that great stuff. Uh, But ultimately, we are helping the energy system. We're reducing the cost of the energy system. We're reducing the cost of supply and really getting all that to the customer in in a number of benefits is is where this is going to get exciting and, and innovative.
0: How quickly do you think that will happen, Stavros? You you alluded to a tariff next year, um, yep. but um, I I sense and share your enthusiasm at the way in which these values can be shared with customers. Yep. Uh, it's going to be a journey, as Martin described for Mixergy as well. But how how quickly do you think that that will happen?
2: Well, I think this has been a journey for a number of years, <laughs> so in, so there's a lot a lot a lot of experience. I think I mean I've been working on this for for ten years now, and I think. The technology has caught up with some of the business models, and as you can see with the example of Mixergy, we are delivering a real service to the energy system. We're participating in a, a service that was traditionally, uh, you know, the space of traditional power plants. So the technology's proven, the business model's proven. So it's about scale now, and we are actively working at Centrica through our Hive business now. And, and expanding our kind of traditional smart home and thermostat business into energy management for low carbon devices so we are focused on that we're working on it at Centrico and as I said next year we have plans to launch propositions so we're at the tipping point now I think where you know you can launch innovative propositions they work technically and you can release real value for the customer.
0: Yeah okay and the challenges in the years ahead if you eat Martin and Stavros, if you each had to pinpoint what you think, you know, you this will scale. What's the biggest challenge in scaling it in the next years?
1: Uh, do you want me to go first, Stavros? Yeah, go for it. I
0: think,
1: I think, I think, um, I think that the, the 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 challenge for Mixergy within this is is. Um, is what the different markets are doing and what the opportunities for us to develop our business models in particular markets so what might what might work and be relevant in the UK market could be completely different in France or Germany uh, and, and I think that's a challenge because um, it makes it very difficult to plan for and it's exactly the same with the, the application of our tanks as we're looking at new markets to go into to sell our products and and, and have the, to demonstrate, the applicability of Mixergy in homes in different countries. The, the reasons for doing it are different. And, and I think that's exactly the same for the, the energy, uh, energy services models. The, those revenue streams are going, to be, are going to be different. The opportunities are going to be different. The business models will be different. I, I know it's something that you know Delta covered a lot in, in good markets for, for flexibility, bad markets. Uh, um, and, and I think that's the biggest challenge from our point of view. Where, where do
0: we go for on this? Yeah. Okay. So, you can't Yeah, you can't develop a product and then put it into every European market. It's got to be a market by market approach, which makes yeah, it it's harder not a one, to scale. That's right. It's not a one size fits. All. Yeah. 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 Stavros, how about from your your perspective? Yeah. I mean,
2: the challenge for me, we've kind of alluded to it earlier. All this, this is a super exciting space. Is is a good business model, and it's good for the energy system, and and you know, net zero and, and, and low carbon. Ultimately, it, it is a cherry on top business model. It's not, you, you don't buy a Mixergy tank to participate in national grid flexibility markets. Nobody yeah. does. It's a cherry on top business model for the manufacturers, uh, the grid operators, the energy system, and ultimately the consumer. It's not the thing that you wake up and think about every day. Yeah. Um, so the challenge is, um, is gonna be for, for companies like ours and companies like Mixergy to gain the trust of consumers to you know, automate their device, help them reduce their energy bills, uh, but also to create you know really customer centric propositions, reasons that customers want to participate in this because yeah. it is not it is a cherry on top business model. Nobody's going to wake up and buy demand response. Not going to happen. So that's so the that's one. yeah
0: the core reason for buying that hot water tank. Uh, I guess Martin, you know, you Mixergy will stay laser focused on creating a product that just works beautifully for customers. Um, yeah, that's you know you, you can never lose sight of that.
1: Yeah, you know, and I think the simplest thing that, that the, the most um, the thing that really resonates with homeowners <laughs> is, is actually the simplest thing: this idea of heating what you need. That that's the thing that customers get. It's it's obvious. It's obvious that you should only heat what you need. Yeah, it's so simple. And so for all of the other stuff about the platform, about connectivity, about being smart, yeah, that's great. But at, at the simplest level, that that's incredibly powerful, having something that just yeah. works well for you and gives you a better experience, saves you yep. money.
0: Clara, that's I guess what we see with some of these other products. It's about heating what you need or a smaller hot water tank. Um, you know, there's there's different benefits from different types of products in this area.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's about reducing the space that it takes up while also reducing the running cost for the consumer, which is obviously big pain point for a lot of consumers is how much my heating should cost yeah
0: um, so yeah i i sometimes get too excited about the electricity system aspect of this one it's uh but it's a nice reminder that it's it's got to be right for customers and martin i guess it's got to be easy for installers to work with if they're an important channel for you which yeah, I understand I think they that's, are
1: that's right and if, if you yeah it, it, I, I guess it's the sizzle of it's the sizzle of the connectivity piece and the energy services that, that you know that's that's really exciting and, and the revenue streams and the, the, the potential and how you can support the, the broader energy transition is really exciting when it comes yeah. down to the to the guy who's got to fit something in an airing cupboard and how easy is it to do it? what's his experience in doing it uh what's the user's experience you know we, we can't do any of the big stuff unless we get thousands of, of, of tanks or other assets out there to provide that uh, that capacity.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, keeping our time, let's bring out the talking new energy crystal ball. And I'll set the data day to 2026, five years' time. And I'm going to cheat a little bit and tailor the question slightly to each of you. Um, so, Martin, um, I'll ask you first. Obvious question: Where will Mixergy be in five years' time? And you can choose whatever metric you want to uh, choose to answer that question.
1: Yeah, so, um, so I mean, I, I think we, I think we're in a really good, lucky place. I think we're in a fortunate place because the the, the, the decarbonisation of heat that's happened over the next decade is absolutely, um, it's absolutely going to happen. And, and we're, we're in, a, we're in a, the opportunity for us is to ride that wave a, 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 as best we can. Um, so where do we see ourselves by 2026? Well, it, we're certainly pushing internationally, and we would certainly expect by then we've got a, a substantial presence in, in core markets. That already we, we feel certainly we know some of them, and we're making those steps to get involved in those markets uh, in, in the EU and also in North America. Um, I think as well it, it, a part of that is about how we can license our products um, that's a, a key part that, that enables us to work with other massive players in, in the heating industry uh, to achieve volumes with our technology uh, out there and, and I think okay. as well there's that possibility that that expansion into other products and services so already we've we've got a Uh, We've got an EV charger offer and thinking about how we can complement the way that a a hot water tank is working with an EV charger in someone's home, particularly in new builds, uh, where, you know, we we just found out this week, the government is saying every new build house has got to have an EV charger. Um, So there's, there's other areas of space heating. Other services yeah. where we can provide some value to, 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 to help get customers in control of their, their journey to net zero over the next five, 10 years.
0: OK, interesting. So potentially moving from optimising a single appliance into more of a home energy management approach. Yeah, it's got to be
1: more than just the hot water tank, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: thanks, Martin. Stavros, um, five years time. You're at three megawatts today. Uh, I don't know if you're going to answer this question directly, but how many megawatts will you be uh, will you have in five years' time of hot water tanks? Yeah, I will, I will answer the question. I
2: think, I, I mean, in five years' time, firstly, I hope Mixergy meet all of their objectives because they're a partner of ours, and and what benefits them benefits us, and, and yeah. you know, they're, they're a great partner. I think, you know, I'd love to see our first million customers on the platform. I think that is more than doable. Within that timescale, um, but I think this industry is notoriously bad at using the crystal ball, and uh, <laughs> it's been quite a long journey and a tough journey to get where it is. So we did. Uh, this is going to rely on on a partnership ecosystem. So working with great great companies like Mixergy, but I think a million customers is certainly possible. Far higher than that is, um, but you know that's that's personally where I'd where I'd set, set my targets on. Um, and I think I said earlier, you know, I remember the 1st Mixergy Mixer-G tank being connected. It was a huge deal when we had the first megawatt. Woke up this morning and it's three. So, yeah. you know, I think the snowball has started. And I think that's that's really fantastic to see, you know, uh, real flexibility from residential devices and and really displacing what was traditionally done by, you know, fossil fuel and centralized yeah. generation. So, wow. yeah, let's be ambitious.
0: Your 10 years of investment in this area is starting to pay off.
2: <laughs> indeed, indeed. And it's exciting to see.
0: Uh, thanks, Davros. So, Clara, uh, last but not least, looking five years ahead, how much thermal storage will we see in households that's beyond what I'd call the traditional storage heaters and the standard hot water tanks? So, how much, how much advanced thermal storage will we see?
3: Yeah, that's the burning question, isn't it? Um, it's it's not something I'm afraid I can answer right now. I don't have any numbers. It's something that we're exploring right now in our heat research. So, hopefully, I'll have some. Uh, some kind of outlook and forecast for you in a few months. Um, what I can say is that since most low-carbon heating systems need some kind of thermal storage, uh, there will be a huge opportunity for these products in the future, and um, especially the smart ones who can provide more thermal storage capacity than a standard hot water tank and, and have that controllability and flexibility. Um, we all, I also think that uh, a lot, most heat pump manufacturers will likely include smart storage of some kind in their portfolio, um, as the, the value of demand-side flexibility opens up in more and more countries, we also expect these opportunities to capture value from from flexible electric electric heating, um, directly and and through aggregators, and that this will increase the value proposition of the thermal storage products. Yeah. Okay. So. So I think not- the question is more like sorry.
0: Yeah. So it's it's how yeah how quickly that goes it's not if but it's how quick
3: no yeah exactly there's,
1: there's, yeah sorry i i think just for, for us as we look at the metrics of the hot water tanks installed in the uk every year is around about 400 fifty thousand uh, new still new cylinders cylinders installed per year and, and as we look over the over this decade how that might grow and, and certainly our, our view is if boris is Pledge to install 600,000 heat pumps by 2028 gets anywhere near. Every single one of those heat pump installations is going to need a hot water tank. Yeah. And were, we're shifting away from fossil fuels. We're shifting away from from uh, combis. Um, uh, and and so a hot water tank is going to be an ever-present in homes. And so that current 400, 450, but by the end of this decade, we would certainly expect that to have, uh, have doubled. And maybe get closer to that million tanks per year just for the UK. And of course, this is relevant to all other European markets yeah. uh, and, and, yeah. and other markets too.
0: Well, I, I just love the thought of the a hot water tank, which most householders will think of this boring steel thing in their cupboard or in their attic or in their basement somewhere being a really important part of our energy system. And enabling customers to have as much, the right amount of hot water at the cheapest cost. So, um, yeah, thanks. We'll draw it to a close there. So, thanks, Martin. Thanks, Stavros. Thanks, Clara. Uh, it's been great hearing your, your thoughts today. Thank you all very much.
2: Thanks, John. Thanks very much. Thanks,
0: John. And as always, thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Maybe you'll go and take a look at the hot water tank that's in your house or flat somewhere. Or if you don't have one, think about maybe what you will have in the future. Um, Thanks for listening and look forward to welcoming you back to the episode next week. Thanks and goodbye. If you're as passionate about the energy transition as we are, then please keep in touch. You can follow us and me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or subscribe to the podcasts on your chosen podcast platform. If you like the podcast and like sharing, then please do rate us. And to listen to archived episodes, to read transcripts, and to see the latest Delta EE insights, then please visit www.delta-ee.com.